Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. Hey, welcome to the building, church. We're continuing our conversation on the power of no. Today we're talking about resisting temptation. Before I jump into that, let me ask you this. If I was going to tell you that you were going to be on a game show, and in this game show you're going to travel all over the place, you're going to travel to different states, dare I say, possibly different nations, and in this game show I'm going to hand you one book. And as I hand you this book, it's going to have the maps, it's going to have any trial that you're going through, anything that you have to overcome. This one book is going to help you overcome and win a $1 million prize. How many would keep that book fairly close to you? Let me ask you this. How many would probably read that book more than once? How many, dare I say, would study that book so that you can know the best and the most that you can in order to win this game to get the million-dollar prize. Here's why I don't believe you. We have a book. Because we are called to this thing called life, and this book warns us of temptations. It warns us of trials. It actually gives us insight how to overcome when we're feeling defeated. And if I were to, by the way, don't right now, if I were to re- ask you by a show of hands, who read the Bible every single day this past week and studied it as if your game of life depended on it? I don't hear so many amens anymore. Right? Because we don't have a million dollar prize that we're chasing for, but you need to figure this out. There is an eternity that we're wrestling with. And so this morning, I want to tell you a little bit about this book. And the reason why is I have a feeling, dare I say, I know for a fact, all of us suffer from something called temptations. There is something you want to be that you're currently not, and there's an obstacle in your way that you need to overcome, but you're being tempted to go back to who you were or something that pleases you. And I know for a fact, I, I, you know, I may just do the rest of the sermon, I. I may just make this sermon about me the rest of the day. I suffer from temptations on a regular basis. And step number one of overcoming this is admitting that I am powerless against temptations. Step number two, I need, to be, I need to submit myself to a higher power. And what would that higher power do? That higher power would write a book that would span through eternity that continues to be as relevant today as it has in any other time. And so let's talk about temptation. First slide. When I grabbed the Bible and did a quick research, I found a few places where it talked about temptation. (laughs) Not all of them. So if you want to open up your Bible, we're going to be here for a while. (laughs) FYI, we're going to start at the beginning, go through it. Here's most, some, a few of the scriptures that just talk about temptation. 
So anybody think that you're, right now, if you're sitting there going, he's not talking to me. Okay, next week I'll talk on deception. But this week, let's talk about temptation. I can talk to you about Abraham, Gideon, prophet Judah, Abimelech. Who's Abimelech? You should know him. He suffered from temptations. Micah, Adam and Eve, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Have clear thinking about this. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That would be you. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith. Or can I say it this way? Resist temptation. Because you know that your family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Temptation's not for you and you alone. It's for all of us. Someone's roaming around seeing if he can get you to fall into temptation. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Why are we doing these things? Why does this manual, why does this book I always heard the Bible say it like this, and there was an old band, someone's going to throw it out. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Who was it that sang that song? It was cheesy back in the day. DC Talk. No, it wasn't DC Talk. Someone Google it later. (laughs) Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray so you do not fall, everyone say it with me, into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I say it's as relevant today as ever. How many have wanted to do something, but you were too weak to do it? Because you fell into temptation. Second Corinthians. Oh, I'm still reading just a few of the scriptures. Let's keep doing this. This is fun. Second Corinthians 2, 9 and 11. Another reason that I wrote you in this manual so that you can, this game that we're playing called life, another reason that I'm making sure to document this for thousands of years from now, I wrote you to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Why? In order that Satan may not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. They're not old, they're new. And by the way, next week, we're going to talk about three of them, very specific to all, all of us. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Man, I'm doing good. Temptation is an issue for me today. But what about when you get a phone call? Or what about when you find out the desire that you have or a plan that you made fell through and everything that you thought were put into one basket and now disappointment leads to an opportunity for resentment leads to an opportunity for disgust leads to an opportunity for temptation so it's interesting because i could tell you about all kinds of scriptures all kinds of stories but there's one that kind of stands out to me right now. And if you've never read the book of Job, I would like to give you David's interpretation of the book of Job, if that's all right. Okay? This is my translation. If you don't like it, read it for yourself. If you like it, read it for yourself. Why? I want you to read it for yourself. Have you not picked that up yet today? Okay, so. So in the book of Job, this craziest conversation have, where Satan actually goes to God, and by the way, this is in your Bible, and God's like, hey, what have you been up to? 
And Satan goes, I've been walking all around the earth trying to see who I can get to stumble and fall and to tempt. And, Job, and God said this, have you checked out my boy Job? And Satan goes, I can't touch him because you put a hedge of protection around him. Right? That, I mean, pretty much what it says. So first of all, I have a thought for you. Have you ever conquered something in your life and you wonder why someone else hasn't? Have you ever overcome something in your life and maybe you've gone to a friend? Maybe you've gone to an individual and said, hey, I, why can't you just stop doing this? Why can't you stop talking like this? Why can't you start doing something like this? And they don't get it. There is a chance because in your life, God has put a hedge of protection around you. And rather than judging someone else for failure, you should start worshiping God and thanking him for the protection that he's given you. That's a side note. Has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But then God said this. Okay, I'll take my hedge of protection around this, off this guy. And God allowed Satan, this is in the Bible, God allowed Satan to go tempt Job to try to get him to fail. And to the point where Job lost his money, he lost his house, he lost his kids, he lost everything that he had. And Job under all of that pressure, didn't do one thing. Curse God. Why? Because in our temptations, ultimately what happens when we fall into temptations, we're saying yes to us and no to God. And so we have to view temptations for what they are, and what they are is a scheme of the enemy to keep us distracted from what God has called us to. And so we suffer from temptations all the time. And if you think you're not going to fall prey to it, I'm just going to let you know there's a list of scriptures and I can guarantee you a thousand stories that we could tell you right now that you are not strong enough. And if you don't believe the Bible, why don't you believe everyday psychology? Because everyday psychology calls it this, ego depletion. Ego depletion is the idea that self-control or willpower is, limited, is a limited resource that can be depleted over time through use. So let me read that again, and then I'm going to explain it. Ego depletion, the idea that your self-control, that your willpower, and by the way, this is in the app. If you go to the app, it's in today's notes. You'll be able to read it. Those in our online community, I know they're dropping it in right now for you to see it. Ego depletion is the idea that self-control or willpower is a limited resource. Your willpower is a limited resource, and your willpower will be depleted over time the more you use it. Okay, I've, I've lost everybody. I can feel it. Right now, you're sitting there going, you just read out of psychology today. What are you talking about? Hey, parents, have your kids ever come home right after school and went crazy Talking not, no. Whoever, whoever the halo people is over here, I don't need your help today. Let's go talk to the people over here with me. Have you ever picked your kids up from school, and as you picked them up, the teacher said something like this, oh, little Timmy, he's one of my best students. I love having him so much, right? Like all of a sudden, you're like, oh, good job, Timmy. I love you. Oh, your little girl, Sarah, she's just a sweetheart. We love her to this, and it's great. And then all of a sudden, they get into the car, and 
like this manifestation happens and somehow even though they're sitting on different sides of the back seat don't touch me why is he touching me he unhooked my seatbelt it's my turn to ride up front and all of a sudden a cork gets popped and all hell breaks loose in the car and all is there any parents out there yes and amen that is exactly why we use that phrase today because they are depleted, psychology tells us this, because there's a bucket in their life that they can pour out willpower for so long and then eventually, lee, 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 the bucket's empty, 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 tee, tee. I need to work on my, my, my echoes a little bit later. Okay, some of you are sitting here going, I don't have kids. Have you ever had a spouse? No. Okay, okay, well, I got to talk to this crowd then, so I appreciate your honesty. Lord, bring them quickly, bring them quickly. Six foot four, I, I, what am I praying for? I don't know yet, right? Like, bring them in, bring them in. We know not to pray for short people. Listen to last week's sermon. Don't. I know, I know, she brought it up, not me. So, have you ever done great at work all day with a, with a boss that annoys you, with coworkers that are, that are almost unable to manage, and then you get home all of a sudden, and the first thing that happens is you blow up at your spouse for something they didn't actually ever do? It happens in a yes and amen. I'm not sure it is what you think it is. Like, uh, do not think it means what you think it means. And here's why. Because we have a certain bucket in our life called willpower, and at some point it runs out, and when you get home and you walk in the door and the dishes aren't done and you thought they were supposed to be done, everything that you've held back all day long, you don't have the willpower to do it all anymore, and you blow up about dishes when you just found out someone embezzled money. My kids didn't get it attention, but why can't they treat me with respect? Hey, they treated the rest of the world with respect. This is a win. This is big time. We should celebrate this. But our willpower will run out. And if you think, well, I'm just going to stay sober on my own. No, you won't. Because there'll be a time that world gets too much and your willpower will run out. Well, I'm done watching porn. You are this week when you're strong. What about next week when you're weak? Well, I'm done swiping this credit card. We're no longer going to pay for stuff we can't afford. Yes, you will. Because at some point, your willpower, and the enemy knows, he's walking around seeking whom he may. Not the people that are completely fortified, not the people whose willpower is high. It's the people who all of a sudden got a phone call, and what they had planned on started to fail, and they're just disappointed, and life's falling apart, and all of a sudden, oh, I bet that brings me joy. I bet that will bring me a temporary sense of relief. I bet I can reach up and grab this piece of fruit, says Adam and Eve. And this, I, why, is my, why am I doing sound effects today? There's a lot of sound effects going on. You're okay with it? Okay. So, and by the way, it was a banana that they ate. Just, I'm just going to ruin your theology. Just, they ate a banana. And so it was probably a tomato. Have I ever told you my theology on this? Right? Because tomatoes are horrible and God cursed them to the ground and made them red like hell. Like, come on now. That's what we're not supposed to be eating. If you want to know when it comes to temptation, why the power of no is possible and powerful is because on decisions 
The power of no on a decision that you won't make in the moment, but rather one you make ahead of time because you determine who you want to become. The power of no can be powerful because there's decisions in your life that you can make ahead of time, not in the battle, not in the moment, not in the heat of a decision. We can make some decisions ahead of time just to say no to. And how do we determine what we need to say no to ahead of time? Go back to last week. We're going to cover it right now. What is your mission in life? What is the thing that at the end of the day, or let's do it this way. At the end of your life, someone standing on a stage, someone standing in a funeral home, giving your eulogy, and they say, so-and-so was a good father, faithful mother, a generous boss, a philanthropist. What is that thing that you want to be said about your life when it comes to the end of your life? That's your mission. Is it to do ministry? Is it to be a caregiver? Is it to pour into other people? What is that thing that you want to be? They never lied. They were faithful to their word. What is that thing that you're on mission for? Let me ask you this. Why do you exist? Do you exist to wake up, go to work, sell your time for a paycheck, to come home to pay a bill, to live in a house that you don't like? That's existence. That's not living. What are you living for? That's your purpose. That's your mission. And everything that doesn't align with that mission, it's time to start saying no to it. It's time to start saying no to those things that are going to sidetrack us from our mission. Because when our mission is clear, no's become very easy. Because there's one thing I know in life. I've never met someone who said to me, oh, I wanted to be obese. Never met that person. I never met someone who went, I wanted to go through bankruptcy. I wanted to go through a divorce. I have a question. I'm, this will be a fun. Those online, if you're there and you've met someone, just say yes. Is there anyone who's ever heard of someone saying, I've set out to fail? This is the time you're supposed to raise your hand. I've met someone who wants to throw away my life. I've won someone that I consume so much food that now I have to go see doctors to get more pills and every joint in my body hurts. Hey, hang on a second. If you're not clear on your mission, you will take say yes to anything that you think you can consume that you will temporarily make you happy. But the fact is it's all temptations keeping you from what God's called you to. And what God's called you to is not to live a life of existence, but a life of purpose. And so my question is, how do we, how do we have those lives? So I w- I'm thinking in my head, as I've kind of written out my thoughts here, I've given you enough Bible so far. And if not, I can go back to the first slide and we can start reading every single scripture. I told you a little bit about Job. I also read a couple scriptures, Corinthians and different ones. So can we just talk practical application? How does this work? Okay. How does this work? Step number one, you have to have duct tape. Can I get an amen from any guy out there? Okay. So, here we go. Ready for this. And by the way, cameras, I I apologize if you're not going to be able to see this online as well. Okay. So here's our line. What is that line? That line is sin. 
What is sin? You know what it is. It's that thing you do, and I know pastors were not supposed to talk about it in 2024. Yeah, I forgot what year it was. Did you see that? I forgot what year it was. Sin is that thing that the moment we cross, we know something happens inside of us, this dark feeling, this regret, remorse, why did I do that? I just broke relationships. I just broke trust. I just broke God's heart. Could someone do me a favor? There's a tissue right underneath there. And apparently during worship and during announcements, I got emotional. And while I wipe my nose, it gives you a great opportunity to say yes and amen. Yes and amen. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you're a guest here and you thought you came to a professional church, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. No, no, not how that works. So there's our sin line. Now, this is where I just have to talk about me. I don't know where you are with the sin line, but most of the time, I'm about here. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to sin, but a lot of times I get as close as I can to it. Was I supposed to watch that movie? Well, it wasn't. Oh, hang on. It's okay. It's okay. Was I supposed to say that joke? <laughs> like, okay, so I usually stay here about sin. But you know what I found out? The longer I stay here, the most likely I am to be here. I have a question. I feel like you guys are really quiet today. And I feel like I'm up here all by myself. Is anybody else thinking this way? Okay, so keep talking to me here. Keep talking to me. So I could do one of two things. I could hope that my willpower is enough to keep me on this side of the line. And I could hope that I'm dedicated enough to Jesus that I don't want to break his heart. I want to hope that I love what Jesus did for me on the cross, that I don't want to put him back up there. I could hope for that, or I could do something different, which, by the way, I have found this to be very healthy in my life. In my life. Or I could... Oh set a different boundary for me to live by. Instead of being close to the sin boundary, I put a different boundary. How does this look? Do you know that my kids have cell phones? Cell phones may be smart, but kids are stupid. <laughs> See, it's funny. You guys amen that, but okay. So every single night when we go to bed, every phone in our house is in our bathroom or next to our bedside. You know why? Because long enough that phone in rooms by themselves where no one's walking into, I have a feeling they're going to click on something they shouldn't. You know why? Because I was a kid. And it was hard work back in the day. You had to find someone who was old enough to buy a magazine. And I still was able to cross the line. Nowadays, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be rich, nor do you have to know someone who's old enough. You have to know how to spell, but I, I didn't know what word I was going to use there. I didn't think through that example, but all you know what I was thinking. So instead of hoping that my kids don't cross the sin line, you know what we do? We put the boundaries way over here. Oh, and by the way, while you have your phone in your room, doors can't be closed. You know why? Because anytime you're by yourself, it's an opportunity for sin to arise. We choose to set it way over here. I'm going to tell you guys something about me. I'm fine if you don't like me for it. I suffer from a disease known as alcoholism. 
It's why I use a depressant drug. It has diminishing returns, and it's chronic and fatalistic in its very nature. Nowadays, I don't know if you know this, you don't even have to have alcohol. You can go to a dispensary and get weed. Back in the day, I just had to know somebody, and I was able to buy it. So you know what I do now? I don't even have my license on me anymore. And I'm sorry if you're offended that your pastor's not strong enough. Actually, I'm wise enough to know that I'm not strong enough. So we don't even keep it at my house because I don't think my wife's a good enough hider. So for me to get my license to go buy something that I don't want in me, I actually have to break into somebody else's house and figure out where they're hiding it. Oh, what if you're driving down the road and you get pulled over? Slow down. See, here's the thing. We can always come up with an excuse why. But I have a reason big enough not to have it on me. So I actually don't even carry my license. So if my brothers ever randomly stop by the church, it's because at one point I needed my license, but the moment I don't need it, I get rid of it. Why? Because I set my boundary way over here. You're like, well, that's easy for you to do. No, it's easy for anyone who doesn't want to cross that boundary of temptation. Okay, that's easy for you to say. You know, you just don't know who I am. You know, when, when, I'm, when I'm angry, like, I just eat too much or I, I love junk food. Well, I have an idea. Uh, don't put it in the cabinet. Leave it at the grocery store. Because now all of a sudden... You're feeling bad about who you are and a double stuffed Oreo, which, by the way, just as complete side note, double stuffed Oreos should be known as Oreos, and regular Oreos should be literally outlawed. No one wants the Oreo. Everyone wants the cream filling. And if you're like, oh, I love plain Oreos. Is there anyone in here that needs deliverance because you love just plain Oreos? Okay, well, I'm done with that example. Whoa, it's a lot of hands. I support you in your junk food decision. <laughs> and by the way, if you're watching and you work for Oreos, I, this is no bash against you because they're fantastic. Okay, so, but here's what I found. I may want junk food, but to actually get dressed, get in the car, drive to a store, make the purchase, drive back home, get out the 2% cold milk in a chilled glass, that's how you do it, and then start stuffing my face worth Oreos, that boundary, my laziness is greater than my desire to be gluttonous. So move the boundary. I have a question. How many more examples should we go through? Okay, let's do this. How many enjoy your Amazon Prime? Ooh, you really? <laughs> have you not been paying attention the last couple minutes? Like... You, you, don't, you don't see where this is coming? You don't see where I'm about to go with this? Well, I can't stop spending. What if you gave someone else your password and every time you go to made a purchase, they had to do it for you? Just so you know, where your desire for freedom and to resist temptation is great enough, you will find a different way to move your boundary away. And so even if a weak temptation, you all of a sudden try to, hang on a second, I'm not in sin, 
I'm in a different boundary that I created for myself, which, by the way, let's do a quick side note here. Back in the day, there's a group called the Pharisees. So there were commandments that were given to a guy named Moses. And, and the children of Israel just were not paying attention to it whatsoever. And so all of a sudden, they go into this place called Babylonian captivity, and they're being exiled from their homeland. And so they come back to their homeland. But as they get back to their homeland, this group of people said, listen, because of us continuing to step over the sin line, God put us into this captivity in order to teach us he's better than sin. So what we're going to do is we're going to set new boundaries way over here, which, by the way, their thought process was fantastic. It's what I'm telling you to do now. The difference was the Pharisees made their new boundaries law for everybody else. If you have a decision in your life to better you, that's a law for you, not for everybody else. And the moment you move this line expecting the rest of the world to live by your dedication, it's where you're starting to flirt with the pharisaical mindset. And this is how you move into a religious spirit. Don't make people hold up to your standard unless you're a parent, you can make your kids. I mean, that's, our, that, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to train them up. Train them up in the way that they should go that when they're old, they will not depart from you. Apparently, King James is the only thing I'm going to be quoting today. So, like, this is, but if you're with someone else and they think your boundary's too far away, but then you force them to live in who you are and you wonder why people think you're religious, it's because it's your dedication, not theirs. It's your discipline, not theirs. I could ask you, how many people get up early in the morning and go work out? <gasps> you don't? You're sinners. No, that's my dedication. It's what I have to do to be right. You do for you what you need to be right, but you need to know this. There is a line that none of us should cross. And if you continually cross that line, you're the fool if you don't make a new line somewhere else. And so practical application. What is the biggest temptation that you have in your life that you continue to struggle, struggle with that gets you off purpose, that gets you off mission? Whatever that is, find a new line that moves you so far away from that temptation that purpose is the only thing you're focused on, not tightroping. Oh, excuse me, I gotta be over here for this one. Not tightrope walking where you can and can't be. So let's set some new boundaries. Second one that I'm going to throw out as far as practical application is when we have these desires for temptation on something that you regularly struggle with, you need to smash the idea immediately. Could we even call it this? I want to teach you a smash technique. Now, for those who suffer from, here's my phrase again, suffer from a disease known as alcoholism, where you use a present drug with diminishing returns, chronic and fatalistic in its very na nature, we've learned this, that we have this ingram in the back of our head, and I don't know where it is in our head, that all of a sudden it'll get triggered, and this past memory will move into a thought. And here's what the thought says. You're unhappy. I know how to put you at ease. By the way, this is our dis-ease, dis being away from. Our dis-ease tells us, here's how you find ease in the situation. So all of a sudden, here's what we do. We start romanticizing it. We start dancing with this idea in our head, and we start flirting with it. And we start, it's amazing what happens. 
we actually minimize the negative effects of what this decision has done in the past. We start telling ourselves we can control it. We tell ourselves that we can manage it. But what we forget about is that it is unmanageable. Sin is unmanageable. Temptations are unmanageable. And so all of a sudden, we start dancing around with this thing, and it goes no longer into this past memory, into a thought. This thought becomes an action. And this action, next thing you know, you're sitting around, you're drinking. Next thing you know, you're sitting around, you're typing. Next thing you know, you're sitting around ordering. Next thing you know, you're around, and you're blowing up because anger is an issue for you. And you wonder how you got here, because somewhere in your mind, you don't remember the truth of what this thing does. It bankrupts you. We minimize the effects of sin and we maximize the enjoyment that we get out of it. The fact is we need to flip-flop those things. We need to be honest with it. And here's what my honesty is. The moment I start drinking, I destroy my relationship with my wife. I abandon being a father to my children. I forfeit my right to being a pastor of a church. And I lose everything that I've worked for for decades. That's the truth about my sin. And rather than saying, I can manage it, or I can have one, and it will be okay, it's not okay. It destroys you. Well, I can manage my debt. How about you try managing prosperity for a little bit? How about you start managing, well, I can, I can manage, I always kind of stay under a certain weight. Then why don't you achieve a new weight? And see if you don't feel better. See if your joints don't ache. See if you can't wake up in the morning rather than going, ugh. You can get out of bed feeling vibrant about the life. And if we start remembering the true effects of sin by smashing the lies of the enemy, what am I saying about the lies of the enemy? Hey, Adam and Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you'll know everything about God. No, when we eat the fruit, it introduced death into our life. When I use the word death there, you need to know what I actually, what the Bible means. You introduce separation Let's, of community. You introduce separation of relationships. You introduce separation from your mission and purpose. And so the number one thing that you could do in your life is set a new boundary. The number two thing, when temptation comes knocking on your door, why is he knocking? Because he's out wandering around who he can tempt. And the moment it knocks on your door, you can say, listen, I'm not into what you're selling because the last time I said yes to you, I ended up getting on. I ended up losing. I ended up failing. I ended up like, whatever it might be, it's time to speak truth to what sin is. And sin is death and destruction. And it's time to, it's just amazing. It's amazing. I have one smashed story, which, by the way, I'm not sharing with you. I love you, church, but it's my story. But every time I use the smash technique, my story, whenever all of a sudden it's like, you know what make you feel better? Have a drink. My sponsor's very open. One night he was sitting at a bar. While he's drinking, a guy walks in, half his face is missing. And my sponsor goes, man, what happened to that guy? And the guy he's sitting with goes, he tried to kill himself. When he shot, the gun slipped, blew off half his face. I'm like, that guy is jacked up. Go, 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 go. 
Another sound effect. Sponsor that night was at home, pulled out his gun, loaded it, put it in his mouth. As he put it in his mouth, that guy's face came across his head. And he went, I've screwed up everything else. I'll probably screw this up too. Put the gun down the next day, called his brother and said, hey, how did you get sober? 28 years later, he's still sober. So every time he thinks about drinking, he says this, yeah, give me some of that stuff that makes me want to put a gun in my mouth. That's the truth. Yeah, give me some of that stuff that makes me swipe my card to where I can't pay for my kids' clothes. Yeah, give me some of that food that makes me spend more on medical bills than I need to. Yeah, give me some of that gossip. (laughs) Because I feel good when other people feel bad. Although gossip has destroyed every relationship that I've ever had. If we smash the lies of the enemy by speaking truth of the results of sin, it will keep temptation away from us. And then my final point. When it comes to temptation, there's one key that you have to know that you cannot miss, that it it will change your life forever. And we're going to talk about it next week. Because we're out of time. We're not. It's just next week's sermon. That's called a spoiler. So God, I thank you that you chose to document for us in written form a playbook for life. And in this playbook, you've overwarned us of what temptation is. So God, in order for us not to say yes to temptation, we say no ahead of time by setting healthy boundaries. We say no ahead of time to the lies of what that will bring into our life in order for us to say yes to our purpose, yes to our mission, yes to what you've called us to. God, above all things, I say yes to you today. I say yes and amen to your promises. I say yes and amen to you being Lord of my life. I say yes and amen of whatever struggle I'm going through. I am confident you will be a way maker. So Holy Spirit, I say yes. If you're here today, probably a lot of people around you have their eyes closed. If you have your eyes closed, keep them closed for a second longer. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never said yes to this thing called Christianity, a spiritual life, today's the day for you to say yes. And what are you saying yes to? We believe that Jesus died for our sins on a cross and his death purchased redemption for us. I could say it this way. You've been in hock at a pawn shop and Jesus paid the price to get you out of that thing in order for you to live the life that you were called to. If you're watching us online, if you're sitting with me in person, if you're here today, all eyes closed, head bowed, no one's looking around, just you and I talking. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you're ready to say yes to that, could I just ask you to raise your hand so that I can see that you've made that decision to say yes to Jesus? 
And as people are making that decision here, if you're making that decision online, moderator's going to throw in something in the chat. A box may pop up inside of you, or you might just want to type it that I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. And if you're online or you're here with me in person, could I ask everyone just to repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus, today's the day. I'm done saying no because I'm ready to say yes to you. Forgive me of my sins. Become Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I passionately pursue you. God, I thank you for every hand that went up. I thank you for every mouth that confessed. I thank you for every heart that believes. And on this day, God, we celebrate the freedom that we found in Jesus Christ. And that freedom that we find in him, next week we'll even read about it. Jesus overcame temptation, and now we just follow our master in doing the same thing. God, thank you for the freedoms that you're bringing today. Thank you for the different perspectives that you're giving us today. Now I declare Thank you for the freedoms that we get to walk into. Thank you, Waymaker. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we put our hands together and celebrate for every person that made that decision? If you're in our online community, I one more thing I want to throw out to you and everybody else. I found an incredible, um, by uh, Bruce Wilkerson, an incredible uh, reading program on the Version app, and it's called Overcome Your Temptations. Uh, I know you guys will post on social media, you'll get an e-blast about it, all that normal stuff, but if you want to be able to read this along, download our app, you can click on it there, go to Version, look it up for yourself. But then the other thing I want to throw out, Nikki, if you can help me out, uh, when, not if, everyone say when. When you overcome temptations, when you find a new level of freedom, I, we want to know about it. We, we as your community want to celebrate with you. Please send us an email at mystory@navchurch.org. mystory@navchurch.org. We want to hear about your testimony. And if you're sitting there going, I mean, well, this happened a month ago. Good enough for me. Like, this happened two months ago. Great, we want to know about it. Let's document the good things that God is doing. And when a cynical person comes and goes, oh, you guys follow an ancient religion. No, let me tell you what our God does today. And when your faith is running low, let me tell you about what my God is doing today. And when my faith is running low, tell me about what my God is doing today. I'd love to hear about your story. So those in our online community, God bless you. We will see you soon. And for everybody else, we are so grateful that you're here with us today. Feel free to say hi to someone. Feel free to stop back by and, uh, the Connecting Center to figure out what your next step may be. Stop by the Next Step booth to find out what's happening here at the church. If nothing else, stick your hand out and say hi to someone right around you. God bless. You're dismissed. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church Podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, 
No Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.